1: Giallo elevates and detonates
0: over Chris. SGA from the wing drives and somehow spun it home. Adams launches it and shoots, shooter catches and scores!
2: What is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast post-game edition. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. We're going to talk about the Thunder win over the Sacramento Kings, 120-100. to What a hell of a game. Before I jump into it, though, uh, just a quick reminder, even after our pre-roll there at the beginning of the podcast, we are a proud member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Make sure you check out Blue Wire for any NBA, NFL, niche sports podcast. It's a great podcast network adding more pods all the time really high quality content. We're really proud to be a part of the team. You can find all the Blue Wire Pods at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter and if you just go to bluewirepods.com. So, with that being said, the Thunder go into Sacramento come out with a 120 to 100 win, which didn't really look possible early on in the game after the first quarter is only 23 to 16. So a a bit of a low-scoring affair. After that, though, the Thunder scored 36 in the second, 37 in the third, 24 in the fourth while playing stellar defense all night long, maybe save a stretch there at the beginning of the third quarter. But I would be absolutely remissed. I would be doing you a disservice if I did not kick this podcast off our first topic, talking about Lou Dort lu Clan, man, what a night from that kid. It was just such a joy to watch him just tear the Sacramento Kings up. I mean, just incredible. So I tweeted from the account early on in the game, uh, maybe about halfway through the first quarter, that it still is just absolutely incredible to me that the 20-year-old undrafted free agent two-way player is drawing the biggest defensive matchup for this overachieving 7th seed in the in the West. Maybe, by the trade deadline, could be up to 5th seed in the West. He is drawing the biggest defensive matchup every night. You know, it doesn't matter who they're playing. He guarded Luka Doncic the other night. He's guarded Damian Lillard. He's guarded Donovan Mitchell. He's guarding Evan Fournier. He's guarding James Harden. Tonight... He got the, the job on D'Arian Fox. He did a pretty damn good job again. Just incredible. But tonight wasn't as much about Lou's defense as it was his offense. 23 points, a career high for the kid. 23 points on an incredibly efficient 8 of 12 field goals and 5 of 6 from the 3-point line. He also tacked on 2 rebounds. Just an incredible night. His his shot was on, and when he was open, he was firing it. And here's the thing that's maybe the most impressive out of everything Lou did tonight. There was moments where they would the team would drive and kick out to Lou in the corner or on the wing, and instead of saying, hey, I'm 4 of 4, hey, I'm 5 of 6 from the three-point line, this thing's going up like 99.999% of 20-year-olds do he made the right play. There was one play where somebody closed out on him, so he put the ball on the floor. It was there in that third quarter, and he hit that spin move for the layup. There was one where he was at the top of the key. They kicked out to him. He had an open shot, held it for just a moment to make the defender commit to him, and then tossed a little underhanded pass to his right to Dennis Schroeder for a wide-open three who buried it. It's rare that you see Kids that young, this early in their career, making the right play consistently. And it seems like Lou does that all the time. There is a maturity to his game. Offensively, especially defensively, he's just got this maturity about him, man. And it's, it's impressive to watch. It really, really is. Um, and you can see the confidence just dripping off of him right now. If you look at, I mean, just go back like five games when he started and watch him. His main his, his main focus is defense, right? He's probably a little passive offensively. He wasn't passive tonight. There, there's a difference between chucking shots up and being aggressive offensively. He was aggressive offensively tonight in the right ways. He made the defense respect him. And when they didn't, he put up threes and he hit him at a pretty damn high clip. It was a really fun night for Lou I'm really excited for that kid. He's playing great. He is playing absolutely great. And it is surprising that out of 60 picks in the NBA draft, nobody used a pick on him. Right? He could help a lot of teams in the league. Nobody picked him. The Thunder got him as an undrafted free agent. That just that blows my mind. And let me tell you something. So I've been covering... The OKC Blue over at the Cox Center this year. If you guys follow along with me on Twitter, at Jacob Niffen, you've seen my Blue coverage. I don't think I'm going to get to watch Lou over with the Blue anymore. I think that ship has sailed. So if you don't know the rules on two-way players, the way it works is they can play as many games and practices with the G League team, but they get 45 days that they can spend with the NBA franchise. Those 45 days include... Game days, practice days, travel days, all of that stuff. Uh, I don't think Lou is closing in on those 45 yet. If I had to assume, he's maybe at halfway, maybe a little bit over halfway. But I don't expect him to stay on that two-way deal for long. The Thunder have an open roster spot right now. They only have 14 guys on roster. I think after the trade deadline, as long as they don't bring on uh, like, uh, they, as long as they don't trade out one guy for two or something like that, I think they're going to prioritize giving Lou a full-time NBA contract. Uh, very similar to what they did with Deontay Burton last season. The other thing with the, the rules with the two-way deals is players on two-way contracts cannot play after the end of the G League season. They cannot play for the NBA team anymore. That would exclude them from the NBA playoffs. Let me tell you two things the Thunder are going to the NBA playoffs, and Lou Dort is going to play when they get there. So they're going to bump that contract up to a full-time NBA contract. I have no doubt in my mind about that at all. Last thing on Lou Dort real quick. Um, A lot of people like to try to come up with comps for players. I think it's fun, right? Uh, I, I think it's hard, because no two players are alike. They're, they all have different styles, different games, different tendencies. But it's fun to try to come up with comps to think of like ceilings and floors for players. And the one that Lou gets a lot is Marcus Smart. And I see that a lot. I get where people are coming from with that. And Marcus Smart's an incredible player. Um, tonight, not Lou's career, I don't think he's going to shoot shit, what, five of six, like 80%, whatever that is, from three for his career, Okay? But if he can shoot like that consistently, if he can be a 34, 35, 36% three-point shooter, he kind of, tonight kind of reminded me of Wesley Matthews' Portland Trailblazers days. I just kind of got, got a feel, kind of got a vibe for that. And, and I don't know, you know, the, the thickness, the defense first, the, the making the right play, just it kind of reminded me of Wesley Matthews a guy that the Thunder as recently as last year uh, coveted and tried to get on this team. So just an interesting thought. I thought, uh, I thought that might be an interesting comp for Lou Dort, but what a night for the kid, man. What an absolute night for that kid. Uh, It's just awesome to see him play like that. Uh, And I'm really, really excited for him and for his future. Uh, Not excited for me because I will no longer get to see him uh, working with the OKC Blue, but Speaking of Lou Dort, if you haven't noticed already, we've got some Lou Dort shirts available through Design Tree. Uh, they are our Wu Tang Clan shirts, based off the Wu Tang Clan, uh, and they're pretty awesome. Uh, personally, I have one. I love the way it fits. I love the material it's printed on. the The screen printing is wonderful on it. Listener, or not listener of the podcast, co host of the podcast. I apologize. Kamir Morabian just got his Lutang Clan hoodie today. That thing looks nice. It's awesome. So if you guys are all aboard the Lu hype train, I would encourage you to go to designtree.com. That is T R E E dot com. If you scroll down, click on the Blue Wire podcast logo. It pulls up all the shirts from our, our podcast network. You can find the Lutang shirts. There's multiple colors. There are t-shirts. There's hoodies. And if you type in your email and get on their emailing list, they will send you a $10 off coupon to use at checkout. That would make your t-shirt plus tax only cost $20. And it'll get to you in about a week. It's a great deal. Awesome shirts, high quality shirts. Get on the Tang Clan hype train now and get fitted. Make sure you check it out. Again, that's design tree, D-S-G-N-T-R-E-E. Com. All right, so after Lou I got some other players I want to talk about because when you look at the, the Thunder's box score tonight, it's, it's sexy. It's nice to look at. It's visually pleasing. It's borderline erotic. So I thought Shea struggled in the first half. I think Shea struggled for about the past week. He looks a little gassed. He's finishing short on a lot of his, his drives. A lot of players whenever they start getting tired, they shoot more because it exerts more physical energy to drive, to create contact, to have that burst of speed, to get that lift off the ground, to try to finish at the rim. Shea is still attacking the basket, and that's encouraging. He did shoot five threes tonight, which seems a lot for him. I think he averages somewhere between three and four a game right now on the season. He was three of five from three, which is awesome. But I thought in the first half, Shea really struggled. In the second half, he really got it going. Now I did think he played Pretty good defense tonight. I was pleased with his defense. But you look at the end of the game, and you look at Shea's stat line. This guy, 6 of 13 field goals. That's pretty okay, right? That's just a hair below 50%. 3 of 5 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. He goes for 17 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. 1 steal, 2 blocks. He ends as a game high plus 25 in the plus minus category. As a box score, Shea killed it tonight. I thought he played good in the second half. He was kind of just meh, just there in the first half. But to see him kick it in, I mean, he played 39 minutes tonight, and this team is playing a lot of games. They have not had more than two nights off in a row since Christmas. Now, coming up is going to be good for them. They get, I think it's four straight nights off after the Phoenix game on, on Friday night. So they're going to get a nice little rest there. I think much needed for a lot of them. But encouraging to see Shea after what I thought was a really struggling game for him in, in Oklahoma City against Dallas and the game even before that. Uh, to see him come out and play like that tonight, especially in the second half, uh, that was encouraging. So so I enjoyed what I saw from Shea tonight. Uh, Chris Paul makes his return. He, he missed... Monday night's game against Dallas. For personal reasons, uh, it's speculated that he was at home. He he wasn't with the team. That's that's been reported. But that he was at home in L.A. with his family, with his kids, with his wife, uh, mourning the loss of his friend Kobe Bryant. Totally understandable. Uh, the Thunder plane in Sacramento tonight was a very short flight for him to get with the team. Chris came out and and he doesn't shoot the ball well. That patented. Uh, come off the screen, get into the mid-range, get the switch, and pull up that free-throw line jumper. Just wasn't dropping tonight. Only 3 of 12 from the field for Chris. But 9 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds are all great numbers. He He's just a floor general, man. And, and we've known this for years. This is the way he is. But just the way he reads the game, the way he sets up his teammates, his leadership on the court. Maybe my favorite thing from Chris tonight was on the broadcast. They cut to him on the bench, and he was sitting there talking up new Thunder uh, player from the trade last week, Isaiah Roby, right? I think this is the first time he's ever met Isaiah Roby, and he's over there chatting him up, trying to trying to help him out. This guy is, as from my perspective, as somebody who is a teacher and teaches a class on leadership, and and studies leadership a little bit, Chris Paul is like the epitome of leadership, right? He walks the walk, he talks the talk, uh, he he takes ownership. He he is just like your your ideal leader. You know, he he I just I really enjoy his leadership style. And to see him with a guy that he doesn't know, um, just already investing in, right? Because that's what leadership is. It's an investment. And to see that from Chris with Isaiah Roby already. that That's really cool. My next note here for players just says, it feels like Dennis Schroeder has already won sixth man of the year. This guy, 8 of 13 from the field, super efficient, 24 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. What a game by Dennis Schroeder. Man, he just, he kind of had everything going tonight. Uh, it was a blast to watch. And, Dennis Schroeder is never going to make an all-defensive team. And I understand that. But especially this season, you cannot doubt his tenacity, his aggressiveness, and his heart on that end of the floor. He subbed in tonight knowing he was going to have to check Buddy Heald, who the other night went for 20 in the fourth quarter to lead an improbable comeback against the Timberwolves. And Schroeder was in his ass from word go. Like Schroeder defended the crap out of him, and just, just his tenacity, his willingness to fight over screens, to get dirty, to box out, to be physical, to pick up full court. Does he make dumb plays sometimes and foul somebody 70 feet from the basket? Yes. But sometimes you're okay with those fouls because of the aggressiveness that that it stems from, and it's really nice to see him play aggressive defense like that. He's been... Just phenomenal all year. You know, Schroeder is not my favorite player. Uh, There are times when I think Schroeder gets going and the ball sticks a little too much in his hands. But overall, this guy's just been awesome. Like, absolutely awesome. There are multiple teams in the league who should probably want Dennis Schroeder as their starting point guard. I just mentioned the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're probably one of them. He He has been great absolutely great and and it's just really cool to see to see him kind of grow he's having arguably maybe one of the best seasons of his career he's shooting the ball an incredibly high percentage at a a great clip just just a great season and this night kind of encapsulated it for him um he's been awesome man i think dennis Schroeder. all respect to lou will uh all respect to montrez harrell um Buddy Heald has been good. But Dennis Schroeder is the leader in the clubhouse, and I think it's by a pretty wide margin right now for sixth man of the year. Just his impact, his counting stats, his offensive production on a team that is highly overachieving, and he can be credited for that. In a lineup, a three-man lineup that is the best three-man lineup in the league, which is those three point guards, Chris, Shea, Schroeder, I think all those things, you mix all that up, that's the recipe for sixth man of the year, and I think he's going to get it. Steven Adams tonight also looked a little more comfortable. He's very obviously been battling an ankle injury after Clint Capella DDT'd him off the top rope in about the first two minutes of that Houston game, and Adams' ankle rolled up on him. Adams went on to miss a couple of games, came back, played. After Monday night's game against Dallas, it was reported he was limping around the locker room pretty badly. Uh, Billy Donovan said he is still recovering from that ankle. He looked a little bit better tonight. I, he didn't look 100%, but he looked better tonight. Uh, only five field goal attempts for Adams, but he had eight points, eight rebounds, an assist, and a steal. There was a possession tonight where I think Adams like fought off like three dudes for an offensive board, went down to the ground, got up on his knees, kicked it back out, and it led to an open shot. This dude, he's such a hard worker, and the the four game rest that I mentioned earlier, it's gonna really benefit him coming up. He he really needs that rest. He really needs to get healthy. Uh, only twenty six minutes for him tonight, which is totally okay. Nerlens gets twenty one minutes. Um, those two, they make for a hell of a front court rotation, man. Like. Thinking around the league, I I, I haven't thought of like pre-thought about this before I started recording this podcast. I don't know if there's a better, well, I can't say that the Los Angeles Lakers exist. They are like a top three center rotation in the league, Steve and Nerlens. I think that's pretty fair. I think that's pretty easy to say. They're a top three center rotation in the league. When you start Steven Adams, and when he comes off, you sub on Nerlens Noel, who went for 12 points tonight, uh, five rebounds, four steals, and a block, and is this dude is just dropping out of the rafters every night, catching three or four lobs a night because of the great chemistry he has with all those point guards. Even Schroeder's finding him on lobs now, which if... You, if you told me back in October and November that Schroeder was going to start throwing no-look lobs to Nerland's Noel, I would have said Billy Donovan's probably bald because he's pulled all of his hair out. Schroeder is finding him on lobs and completing them, and I did not think that would happen, and Nerland's has been incredible. They, Those two make a hell of a tandem, a hell of a rim-protecting, defensive-minded tandem. they got to be top three in the league in center rotation. I don't know if you could argue anybody else. They've been incredible, uh, and but I do think that the rest coming up for Adams is is much needed. Last guy I want to talk about, uh, and then I'm going to hit some Twitter questions that you guys sent in. Uh, it looks like you guys sent in a lot, so uh, major thank you to all of you guys on Twitter who continue to engage with us. I need to start branching out and getting Reddit questions, Facebook questions, Insta questions as well, uh, and, and we will start doing that. If you follow us on any of our social media, man, we appreciate you so much, uh, and we want to make sure that we are answering questions and getting to things that you guys want to hear about. So we're going to do Twitter questions in a moment of the night, but first, the last guy I want to talk about, kind of just lost in the shuffle tonight, Darius Baisley. 17 minutes, 6 points, 5 rebounds and assist. uh, 3 of 8 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3, but, man, it, w- it would be a fun little like growth experiment to take some film from before Thanksgiving and watch Darius Baisley play and then take some film from the past week and watch Darius Baisley play because I think the growth has been pretty significant. I think it's been pretty significant. He has a very interesting and unique skill set that they're still honing, they're still working on. He's still got a long ways to go as a 19-year-old kid. But it's just fascinating. He's got the length. He's got the height. He's been a really good, sound defender, not like a jumpy defender who's just getting stats like blocks and rebounds, but a sound, positional defender who's keeping his feet, who's like jumping after the offensive player jumps to not bite on pump fakes. And he's got a very fascinating offensive game. He started to do more of this, like, catch the ball at the three-point line, attack, turn, and do, like, a little mini post-up, and then spin back again. It's almost Pascal Siakam-like. And it's fascinating. He's got a handle. I think he's a great passer. I think he's got a really smart basketball IQ. Uh, I think he sees plays as they develop. I'm really excited for this kid's growth. Uh, Do I think he can be an all-star? No clue is he going to be a rotational player in the NBA? I think because of the size and the skill set and the length. Yes, he's going to be a rotational player in the league for for quite some time. You know, I I mean and it's it's so hard to project that for a 19-year-old, but it just it feels like that's a that's a possibility for him, right? And and his development over the next 4 years is just going to be fascinating. You know, his rookie contract will be up when he is 23 years old. He at that point he will still have so much growth and so much basketball ahead of him. I'm just, I'm really excited for that kid. I think he's gonna be really good. And, you know, tonight was nothing nothing to, to bring home about. Six points, five rebounds, and an assist. Three of eight shooting, 17 minutes, right? its He didn't set the world on fire. He was no Lou Dort tonight. But just the consistency, the growth, the effort, it's all really encouraging to see. And I'm really enjoying what we're getting out of Darius Baisley so far. So, all right, let's jump over to some Twitter questions. And I want to get a little bit of music behind here. Hope you guys enjoy it. So, a lot of the Twitter questions tonight that you guys sent in really revolve around Lou Dort, uh, a little bit of Terrence Ferguson as well. So, I'm going to try to clump some of these together because uh, a lot of them are similar. So, at SmellyFartBox88 says, Not a question, really. But maybe touch on the dynamic and challenges Billy will face if Dort continues to produce like this and the battle for that starting position between him and Ferg. I'm sure calculating the risk-reward will be hell. Uh, Other questions along those same line is from at Peyton Lang. Under the assumption that Dort gets a full-time NBA contract, I kind of already touched on that. I think it's coming. Would you start Ferg or Dort once Ferg returns to the lineup? We also have, there's another one of this, from at Matteo Gallardo, seeing as how Dort has played extremely well lately, do you think he remains a starter when Ferguson returns? So let's couple all of those together because they're basically the same question. And this is a very fascinating question. And my honest answer is, I don't know. Billy Donovan has shown a preference to start Terrence Ferguson whenever Terrence Ferguson is available. Obviously, Terrence has not been with the team uh, for personal reasons. I am, I do not know, nor uh, do I think it would be at any place, like in my place, or responsible for me to speculate on what those personal reasons are. All I know is I hope that Ferg is okay. I hope his family is okay, and I hope he can get back to doing the thing he loves, which is raising his daughter and playing basketball. With that being said, like Billy has preferred to start him. With the way Dort has played and the record of this team when Dort starts, you know, that there's definitely an argument to be made there. If you like put a gun to my head and made me take a guess, I would say Ferguson gets slotted back into the starting lineup whenever he comes back, but probably gets less minutes and Dort absorbs more minutes coming off the bench. Dort maybe even would be the closer for the team instead of Ferguson. Uh, not that Ferguson always closed, You know, sometimes they would mix it with Schroeder as well. But my guess right now would be that Ferg would still slide back from that starting position. Uh, but but I am a lot less certain on that than I was a week ago. Next question comes from a good friend of the podcast, at Clark Matthews. He says, is Ferguson's extended absence ruining Liu Tang clan's chances at winning sixth man of the year? Um, I love the question. I think Dennis Schroeder is ruining Lou's Sixth Man of the Year candidacy because uh, Schroeder's gonna win it. Uh, next one comes from at is this Batlin Rise? I think that's right. Let's hear your end of the season seeding predictions for the West. Now that the West is approaching the All Star break. So let's do that real quick. Uh, I don't want to waste too much time on this because this is also a question that could be like a really good discussion question on our weekly podcasts, but I'll give you my quick breakdown because it sounds fun. Uh, I think the Lakers are finishing number one in the West. I think the Clippers will kick it into gear, finish number two. Um, I'm going to go Utah at three. Oh, this is where it gets difficult. Denver at four, Oklahoma City at five. There's my bold prediction. The Thunder have the third easiest schedule in the West left, right behind the Lakers and I believe the New Orleans Pelicans. If the Thunder don't sell at the trade deadline, this this is a much easier question to answer in a week when the trade deadline is over. The Thunder will jump to five, Houston six, Dallas seven. I'm going to stay with the Grizz at eight. I'm going to stay with the Grizz at eight. I'm going to do it. So there it is. Lakers, Clippers, Utah, Denver, Thunder, Houston, Mavericks, Grizzlies. Don't hold me to this because the trade deadline could throw all this through a loop. All right good question, though. I really enjoyed that Twitter question. Thank you for sending that in. That was a, that was a really good one. Uh, a couple more before we get out of here. This next one, I like this next one a lot. Are SGA, sorry, this is from at real Brand XO. Are SGA and Dort the best future Canadian teammates or backcourt frontcourt? That's a great question. Are there any other Canadian teammates in the league? I don't know the answer to that. But Shay and Lou are the funnest. They're the most entertaining. That's for sure. And that's a shirt idea right there. The Canadian Bros. We got to come up with something like that. If you guys are listening to this podcast and you have a thought for a Canadian Bros shirt that we can make for Shay and Lou, holla at your boy. I'd love to hear the idea. Last one comes from at Noel. I love that handle. Good stuff, man. He says, I love Shea. I think he's an awesome point guard, a real difference maker. If you watch basketball, you know how good he is. But he does not strike me as being capable of becoming this team's Giannis slash offensive focal point. I think Baze has more flashes there. Not really a question, I guess, just long form rambling. I would love to hear you talk about what you think because it's cool to explore the team building opportunities we have moving forward. Narlins, Noel, I agree with you. I think the the team building aspect of this team moving forward is very fascinating. I think you can play Baisley at the three and the four in the future. I think you can play Shea at the one and the two and a little bit at the three in the future. So I think it makes team building for this this roster for this for this franchise very fascinating, right? They don't have to absolutely go get a two and make Shea the one. They don't have to do that. They don't have to absolutely go get a one and make a Shea a two, right? They don't have to say, oh, we already have Baisley at the four. We got to go get a, a small forward instead. There's a lot of flexibility and and um, moldability there. And so I think it really opens up a lot of doors and leaves a lot of options open for team building for the future of this franchise. Uh, and I think that's what they're interested in, versatility, right? That's the big word here, Versatility. And I think they, the front office probably loves that. So that's a great question as well. Uh, and, and it's going to be fascinating to see how they approach it moving forward. Presti has always been known as a guy that has an affinity for players that have uh, length and size and defensive ability and athleticism and can't shoot. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think Presti likes skill guys a lot. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of moves forward uh, in that aspect of team building as well. Last thing I got for you guys before we get out of here, moment of the night. There was a lot of awesome things in this game tonight. As a just a, a basketball nerd, I think my favorite moment of the night tonight came in, it was late third quarter, when the Thunder had an offensive possession where Shea flared out to the wing, kind of ran a pick and roll with Steve and Adams. Steve rotated. Shea rifled the pass into Steve. Uh, And Steven Adams was to the right, sorry, to the left of the rim, facing away from the rim, caught the ball on the roll, and without thinking or missing a step, he already knew the rotation of the defense, took one step, turned, and fired a cross-court pass to the other corner where Lou was wide open. Just like instinctually, bam, there it is. Lou catches it. Uh, The defense is already scrambling, rotating, trying to get back out to him who then swings it to the top of the key to Schroeder for a wide-open three. Multiple things on that one. Number one, the pick-and-roll pass that that kind of spaced the floor out. Stevens' IQ to immediately reverse the ball to the opposite side of the court where the defense was rolling away from. Dort's maturity to not jack a three there even when he was hot, but to move the ball instead. And then it paying off with a wide-open Schroeder three at the top of the key. Man, like, Billy Donovan will probably have a wet dream about that play. Like, that's the type of offense he's trying to run. That's what he's drilling these guys to do, and it's coming to fruition. I tweeted it earlier tonight. I think two contracts are on their way a Lou Dort full time NBA contract, a Billy Donovan coaching contract extension, because that guy deserves it. He's coached his ass off, and he's been incredible. He is got to be top three right now for coach of the year. He's been great for this team, and I think he deserves a contract extension. I, If you disagree with that, I mean, you have your right to do that, um, but I would vehemently preach that you are wrong. Let's get you out of here. This has been a long one, but it was a fun game. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the Lu-Tang takeover. If you did, you should consider go buying a Lu-Tang Clan t-shirt from designtree.com. They're awesome. They fit well. They're cozy. They look good. You'll look good. We all want to look good. We'll be back with you Friday night after the Thunder go down to Phoenix to take on Devin Booker and the Suns. After that, it's a four-day break. They'll come back again Wednesday night and then Thursday, next Thursday, trade deadline. We also have a few special episodes coming up for you. Some trade deadline primers for both the Thunder and the league as a whole. So be on the lookout for those as well. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Have a great Thursday, a great Friday, and we'll be back with you guys Friday evening. Thunder up.
1: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G.